and on activating the gifts of the Spirit. And good morning to those who are watching on the internet or looking at it through a DVD. We're so glad you can be a part of what we're doing. And I encourage you as we uh, do activations, that if you're with a group watching this in a room, that you practice these same activations and interact with one another to seek out with. So let's get started today. We want to look at the gift of prophecy. And uh, we're going to pick up in, uh, in, the, in the section in your notes under 12. So, first of all, what is prophecy? The gifts of the Spirit. Remember we saw the different gifts of the Spirit? We'll go back to it and uh, we'll look at it in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 7. Let's see if we can find it in our Bible, 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 7. And 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 and verse 7 says this. Let's go back to where we were. You say, The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit others. So God's desire is you build other people, and the gifts are given to help you do it. So it's God's plan. We all build up people, and the gifts of the Spirit are a help to do that. And so we saw a list of the gifts of the Spirit. To one by the Spirit, the word of wisdom, another word of knowledge by the same Spirit, faith, Gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, diverse times and interpretations, and all these works through one and self same spirit, dividing to everyone separately. So you can so God's willing not only to let you operate one gift, he willing to let you operate in any of the gifts. It's quite amazing. Separately means several. Means more than one. So all of us, it's God's plan, we operate in more than one gift. And we saw the gifts were divided up into or could be grouped as gifts of uh, revelation, God shows you something, gifts of uh, utterance where you speak something, gifts of uh, power where the power of God flows forth. And uh, we shared with you the key on how to flow in that. We'll come back to that shortly. So first of all, we're going to look at the gift of prophecy. And uh, in 2 Peter 1 and verse 21 it says, Now prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men spoke of God, spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Moved means that they were inspired, there was something stirred inside them. So it's not, when we speak of prophecy, it's not necessarily telling the future, it is an inspired utterance. We read it in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 3, means literally whoever prophesies speaks for edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. So prophetic, or the gift of prophecy, God gives you uh, a small uh, inspired thought. He gives you a thought that bubbles up from inside you and it is inspired. In other words, you're not trying to work it out with your mind. It is something God is giving to you and it flows through and expresses through you. So you receive an inspired thought, picture, impression, you begin to speak, and as you speak, there is a flow of God's words through you. And when God flows through you, it sounds just like you. It's not sort of something artificial or weird, it's just like you're talking, and there's a flow of thoughts coming through. It'll also take on something of who you are and how you would speak. So God works through people. He is happy to work through people. There's no perfect way of prophesying or perfect way of doing it. God just is willing to use you and flow through you. So notice that it tells us then that the, the purpose of the gift of prophecy is threefold. So number one is edification. That means if you're going to bring a prophetic word, it is to build someone up. It is to encourage them, to lift them up. 
A second uh, purpose of, of uh, the gift of prophecy is the word exhortation, to come alongside them and strengthen them or stir the person. So the first purpose of it is to build them up. So if someone gives a prophetic word, it should build the person up. Uh, a second thing is it could exhort them or comes alongside them and after the person's had a word of prophecy, they feel like God came alongside them and strengthened them. And then thirdly, it is for comfort. Uh, so when, when the word prophecy comes, sometimes it will bring such a presence of God to the person that they begin to weep and they feel God touching them and loving them and comforting them. Remember last night as I prophesied over one, one person uh, that they began to feel touched and began to feel the love of God, began to feel tears and, and unexplainable sensations that can only be interpreted that God has actually touched their life. So when you bring a, an authentic word of prophecy or flow in a gift of the Spirit like this, there's an, the impact on the person is to feel like God came really near them and touched them and God, I knew God loved the world, now I know He loves me. That's the sensation often that people have. And uh, so it, it can affect people in, in very many different ways. So when you prophesy, often when the, there's a release of the Holy Spirit to touch the person and spiritual atmosphere can shift. So prophetic words are amazing. They can just, you can speak to people and, and, and God touches them. And they often they say, how did you know that? Or how could you possibly have known that? It's a wonderful, wonderful gift. Now, I want to show you several things about the gift of prophecy. One of them, first, first of all, is all believers are encouraged to prophesy. So 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Follow charity or love and desire or passionately hunger after spiritual gifts and rather that you may prophesy. In other words, God highlights prophecy. Highlights prophecy. All believers are able to prophesy. Verse 39 of 1 Corinthians 14, it says this. <coughs> Reverend, covet to prophesy and don't forbid speaking in tongues. So the Bible says, passionate, be passionate to prophesy. Why? Because we're called to build people up, and this is one of the best gifts for building people up. And uh, so, uh, whenever you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, you can prophesy. So, all believers can prophesy. To tell someone next to you, you can prophesy, you know. <laughs> The response probably then is, well, really? How? <laughs> well, we'll get to that. I'm glad you asked that. We'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> so, there are some guidelines around prophesying, which I want to share with you, because prophecy, like all the gifts, can be a great blessing, but also can be misused and create a lot of problems. And so the misuse of the gifts or immaturity uh, in operating in the gifts can create a lot of problems for people. So we need to have a few guidelines around it. So the first thing I want to point out is I'm going to read in verse 29, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, and that's what it says there, let the prophets speak two or three, let others judge. So here's an interesting thing about prophesying. It says in verse 33, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So when there's confusion, there is something else at work other than God. If God is ministering to you, I've noticed this. He doesn't use lots of words, and he's incredibly sharp and clear. So when something is confusing, they may have got an idea right, but something is filtered through it that's actually not right. 
God does not bring confusion to you. So if someone speaks something to you and it leaves you confused or feeling flat, the chances are highly likely it did not come from God at all, and the person has just got it wrong or put their injected in their own thoughts and ideas into what they're saying. So, uh, so with prophesying, we, we, it's okay to judge it. And what, when you say judge it, it's not judging the person. We're just checking to see whether this really, how much or what of this comes from God. And so that means, what is the content? Does that feel right? What's the spirit of it? If someone prophesies harsh and judgmental, immediately you can pick the spirit of that's not right. That doesn't come in the, uh, in the uh, attitude that Jesus would come with as one of love and building people up. Uh, so uh, we can uh, assess that um, uh, prophetic message on a, a number of ways. And here's, here's some key things. If someone brings a word of prophecy that you could ask, firstly, is it agree with Scripture? If it's not right, it can agree with Scripture. It's wrong. Well, it's, you just don't have to receive it. No, I can't receive that. It violates Scripture. Uh, second thing is, what does it do to your spirit? Does it witness in your spirit? Remember, if it comes from God, it will energize or lift up your spirit. You'll feel strengthened or aware of the presence of God. So inside your heart, if I start, what did you really feel about that? Please be honest. And you're honest, you'll have a witness in your heart about that message. All of it or some of it. Uh, so does it bring does it lift you up or bring you heavy up to the person's minister? So if someone's spoken something to you and you feel a lot of heaviness around you, something's not right in it, just so well Lord, I just let it go to you. I don't receive anything that didn't come from you. Just receive what you have from me. So is it agree with the character of God? So those are some kind of questions. I tend to work off uh, the content. Does that sound right? Does it sound like it's in line with the Word of God? Does it lift my spirit and bring life? Those are the kind of key things I use on it. Now, there are some guidelines around prophesying I want to give to you. And I, these come from years of experience of where I've seen the gift misused. So please uh, notice these very carefully and Bear them in mind also when you hear someone else prophesy. So here's some cautions about it, and then there's a few do's. So there's a few things that don't. <laughs> so here's some don'ts about prophecy. Number one, don't use it for Christian fortune telling. People <laughs> all want to know their future. And you can't believe the number of people that would come up to me at various times, and what they want is me to bring a prophecy about what God's telling them to do. You are responsible for listening to God. You are responsible for your life. If you come to me to tell you what to do, you're letting go responsibility for direction in your life and for choices in your life. And, and, you, and God calls all of us to the journey of faith, relating to Him, trusting Him, and planning our way. Now, trust the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He will direct your paths. So all of us are called to a faith walk. Don't lean on someone to prophesy what you should do. Don't lean on prophecy as a fortune telling for you. Waiting for God to tell you from someone else what you ought to do with your life. You are failing to be responsible when you do that. Very, very important one there. Better this way that you make your decisions and then let God confirm them. And the prophetic word will often speak confirmation about what you already knew in your heart God was saying to you. That's a better way of dealing with it. Now, can prophecy tell the future? Yes, it can, but not generally the operation of this gift. It's more a person operating in a prophet uh, situation or prophet office. So we're talking here just about the gift of the Spirit that all believers can function in. 
When a person gets very good flow in the gift of prophecy, they have a resonant mantle over their life, and often they flow effectively, prophetically, wherever they are. Then God can establish them in an office in the church, which is for the equipping of people for operating a prophecy. And a person operating in an office of a prophet will often be able to bring quite directional words, quite uh, specific words about things that will come and things God is wanting to do and quite completely unravel what will happen in the future. So that's a strong revelatory gift over the office of the prophet. Now, we're not talking about that. We're just talking about believers functioning in the gift. So uh, I encourage you to avoid seeking either to tell someone where to go what to do uh, or to seek for someone to prophesy that over you. It becomes manipulative. In the world of the occult, people want to have their fortune told. There's a whole realm of the spirit with spirits of divination that operate to try and impress their thoughts on people. So you don't move into that realm. Take responsibility for your own personal direction. Let personal prophecy confirm it. That good idea? That's pretty sound stuff. Here's the second one. Don't use prophecy to scold people. If you're getting a prophetic word that's telling you off, there's something wrong. Don't, you don't inject your own disapproval of someone. If we're to prophesy, we prophesy in love to build them. It's not going to exhort them and build them. Keep, keep quiet. Okay? And don't use the gift of prophecy. Try and correct leaders because you've got an issue in your heart about them. Don't use prophecy to bring out your pet ideas. Uh, it's not about us. It's actually about listening to God and building up the other person. That's what the, that's what the whole flow of the Spirit is. Now here's, here, are, here are three other areas which are really important. So note these ones. Don't prophesy and give direction over business dealings. There has been immense harm caused when people have wanted someone to prophesy about a business deal. Again, this falls in the category of letting go responsibility for decision making, and this time trying to put it into God's hands where he says, you must take responsibility for your life. So in business, you don't wait for someone to prophesy what to do. You have to work out a business plan. You have to pray over what you do. You listen to wise counsel. You follow practical wisdom. And at times, God can confirm things. So if there's going to be prophetic words around business, let them confirm what you'd already decided to do or plan to do or thinking of doing rather than tell you some new thing you should do. It will inevitably end with loss, financial loss and problem because it's operating outside the sphere God gave to operate it. Okay, there's another one that's a very important one. Do not prophesy over personal male-female relationships. Well, I believe God is going to get you to marry this one, or God is going to get you to marry that one. <laughs> this is a no-no. Don't do this. This, again, violates personal responsibility. If two people uh, feel that God has joined them into a relationship, they must take responsibility for their decisions in it, not look to someone to prophesy. Prophecy can confirm it, but don't, don't look to someone to kind of give a direction that way. There's a normal process of a couple, uh, they should find out or should look out for someone who has similar values, they feel a, a chemistry between them, uh, they are flowing in, in the path with God together, similar kind of direction in their life, and there's a witness from either parents or those around them who love them that they see the fruit of God on the relationship. But prophesying that you should marry this one, this is well and truly outside the boundaries, can only end up in harm. As I shared with you last night, 
one of my daughters of Christ said, God's told me you're going to be married. And of course, that's what people use. God told me. And Granny didn't tell me. So I just told her, when anyone tries that on you, just say, well, he didn't tell me, so forget it. <laughs> the guy was very persistent. God told me you're going to marry me. And uh, she was also quite persistent. And in the end, uh, he, he just wasn't listening. So I, I read the pastor and said, could you ever talk to him? He's totally out of order. He's manipulating with the gift of prophecy, trying to bring emotional, spiritual pressure on my daughter. This is wrong. Please confront him. So they did that. I'm saying that. Okay? So <laughs> All right. And uh, so here's another one. Uh, don't prophesy that God is going to heal someone. I've seen so much problems over this one. While people prophesy that God is going to heal another person. Does God heal? Yes, he does. Can God heal? Yes, he can. Will God heal? Well, it's always the uncertainty. And when you prophesy that God is going to heal someone, if you have not heard from God, you have produced a false hope. Now, what happens in the situation is people feel compassion when someone's not well. And they confuse the feeling of compassion with the direction of the Holy Spirit. And so then they prophesy the person's going to get well, and what happens is it brings a tremendous spiritual confusion when the person doesn't get healed. Uh, I just, I'll give you an example of it. And I can't, look, I've had this several times, and uh, um, I believe that people who prophesy this should be, uh, should be confronted about the misuse of the church because it produces a false hope. It's like saying what everyone wants to hear. It's not what the gift's about. The gift is about encouraging people with real hope. So uh, I had a situation where I had a friend in another nation, he's a senior business leader, a very important person in the nation, uh, a leading Christian in the nation. His wife also is quite a leading person. And uh, his wife got cancer. And uh, I went to visit him, and all these uh, intercessors and prophetic people, everyone without fail, had prophesied that God was going to heal her. It's a spiritual battle and all the kind of stuff that goes with it. I felt in my heart, he's got six months, he's going to die. So they're very difficult to know how to, to manage that when all the uh, popular prophetic thing is all saying she's going to be healed, I feel in my heart, she's going to die. So I put it to him that he had six months and then there would be a major tsunami or storm in his life and he needed to be prepared for it because clearly his wife's dead. And so the six months, now here's the thing, he, he himself didn't want to believe she would die. So of course you don't. And so he wanted to believe these other words. And six months went, she died almost to the day, six months later. And so this was a huge problem. Here's why it was a problem. It was a problem because everything had been built around the hope that she would live, and now she died. So you've got tremendous confusion took place, and no one's talking about it. So I went to him and I said, that there are two problems you face. I said, number one, your wife has died, and that this, is a, this happens in life, that when people come to the end of their life, we've got no power over that, people die, and sometimes they die of cancer. And so you've got about two years to, to recover from this tragic loss. And it will take a little bit of time. You don't, don't do, I gave him some practical advice. We said the deeper thing is this. Your wife has died, but the rest of your future depends on your relationship with God. And right now, that's breached seriously because you think God has let you down. And so you've lost your trust in God because you listen to all the wrong prophecies. 
And he was very open to me now because he remembered out of all the people that prophesied as the only one said he was going to die. And so he was very open. And I counseled him how to restore his faith and how to rebuild his life over the next two years. And then we're very, very glad. And a little later on, to be able to see him massively restored and then ultimately introduce us to a lady and ask what we felt about this lady. And uh, everyone else said, uh, she's not the right one. <laughs> I said, she's exactly what you need and here's why. And uh, he was asking for help in making that decision. But you've got to be so very, very careful. Do not take over someone's responsibility that God has given them. Everyone is responsible for the decisions in their own life. Do not let anyone take that over and make that decision for you by prophesying something around your life. You've got to recognize it's just immaturity or ignorance of how the prophetic gift functions. So if you've got those safety measures around you, you'll be fine. You can just function, stay within the boundaries, comfort, exhortation, edification, building people up. You get any idea? So when you are prophesying, here's a few practical things to do, and then we'll get, uh, we'll get to uh, speak on activating the spirit. We'll get an exercise to do together. So here's a few practical things. If you're going to speak on behalf of God, and that's what you're doing, speaking from courage, speak clearly, don't mumble. Just speak clearly. Speak naturally. Don't put on a spiritual voice. Oh, oh, don't do that. to connect with Adam. He said, Adam, where are you? You know, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten the fruit of the tree? Very simple language. There was no, whoa! <laughs> That's just uh, people's way of just stuff. It, what I'll just say is it's an unnecessary distraction from listening to God. It focuses you on the person rather than on where we should be focused on what is God going to say. So just keep a normal tone of voice uh, and uh, speak in simple language. You don't have to use King James language. Uh, turns out that God is a 21st century God and he speaks simple language. And you, people will hear God speak to them in their own language or their own way or their own style. So if you're a highly educated person, you'll hear God speak to you in a way that you would recognize person's not well educated, they will hear God speak in a different way through them. So God, every person will hear God speak in a way which is appropriate to them. And so when you speak and share, just speak naturally. I don't sense this, or I felt this, or I had an impression of this. Don't, don't go in sort of adding, God told me. God told me. Because what you're doing is you're positioning yourself out of accountability and into some kind of thing where you've got this hotline with God and now there's, you're an authority over what's about to be said and no one can challenge it. Whereas actually, we are to judge the gift. So if someone said, God told, they're kind of just stopping you even, well, I know, wait a minute, wait a minute, I don't know about God told, you know, I don't feel so right about that. Uh, so, you, you, so, so, don't, so don't go say, God told me this. Just, just speak naturally. I just felt this as I was praying for you or, had this impression while I was praying for you, and it leaves you more transparent and open. It leaves it easier for there to be dialogue about what was said. And, and if it's God, let God, God can stand up for himself. He doesn't need us to help him. And so if something came from God, it will be a witness in the person's spirit. And if it doesn't, 
It doesn't mean it was wrong, it just means perhaps they weren't listening. Later on they registered actually that was God speaking to me at that time. So you just share. That's all your job is to just have a heart to love people, listen to God, and share what you sense God giving you and showing you. And then stop when you feel the flow stop. Don't keep going or keep performing. If you're in a meeting, uh, then please be sensitive to the flow of the meeting and also be yielded to the leader in the meeting when he gives permission to flow and to operate. So in a, in a meeting, like a church meeting, which is mostly in a house group or something like that, a small group, cell group, uh, in a thing like that, then just be aware that you're functioning under authority and don't kind of take over from the leader because you've got this hotline to God. This, this violates chain of code. It just violates what God set in place and it puts you right out on a limb and uh, unable to be corrected and, and uh, spiritually completely out of order. And so no good fruit comes from that, even if you've got it right, it produces a problem. So always the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. That tells us that one Corinthians 40. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So how you deliver, when you deliver, and what you say is subject to your spirit. So you can actually, you don't have to feel any great thing. You don't have to wait until you're, you know, wound up. Initially, as we move in the gifts, we can be a little uh, nervous and, uh, and get a little wound up. Oh, I'll give you that right now. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14. I don't think it's in there, so that's if I can find it. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. What's towards the end? The spirit of the prophet, verse 32. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So, in other words, whatever you can manage yourself, it's under obedience. That word means literally to be properly positioned under your own spirit. So, you don't ever have to get out of control prophesying. Verse 32. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So, if you had something that violently interrupts a meeting and then you try and tell the person, hey, listen, that really disrupted the whole meeting. Oh, well, God told me. And this is being unaccountable and it's violating that scripture, which actually the way you deliver and how you deliver and when you deliver actually is your responsibility. So it puts it back on the person. Actually, you can learn when and how to flow. You could approach the service and I feel I've got something from God for the group. Can I share it? That would be a good way of doing it. Or they may just open it up and say, it's okay for everyone to share something that God has given you. But you always stay subject to order. God always operates with order. And uh, a lot of times it can look chaotic what God is doing. It is always in the divine order. So again, getting the gift of prophecy, how are we going to get flowing in the gift of prophecy? How can we activate the gifts? Now, remember I shared with you uh, that you can stir up the gifts of God. I'm going to just uh, go back and just show you how you stir up the gifts of God. Then we're going to get you just, I'll give you the practical keys, then we'll get you started doing activation again together. How about that? Okay? So just go back in your notes, how to activate the gifts of the Spirit. You can literally stir up the flow of God in your life. And so out in 2 Timothy 1, verse 6 and 7, I remind you, stir up the gift of God which is in you by the laying on of hands. So that word stir up is found on uh, in my, uh, number 10. Item number 10, 10.1, gifts of the Spirit can be activated. Stir up the gifts of the Spirit. 
So that means rekindle them or fire them. So there's something you can do that fires up or energizes you. And there's many examples of people activating the gifts of the Spirit. But uh, Elisha in 2 Kings 3.15 got a musician. So music can cause your spirit and soul to be stirred so you can flow the gifts of the Spirit. In Judges 16 verse 20, Samson would shake himself. And as he shook himself, the Holy Ghost would come on him and have tremendous strength. So he, he did it that way. But we've got a different way that we can do it. We can pray in tongues and stir the gift up that way. God gave us the Holy Ghost. We can speak in tongues and activate and stir our spirit man. So there are reasons why gifts can become dormant. Often it's because of fear or because of uh, unbelief. We just don't believe God will work through us. Or because we're under control, there's a lot of control, no freedom to flow. Uh, passivity can cause gifts to shut down, or just straight out neglect, but we just don't do it. So gifts can become dormant, but you can activate them again if you begin to re-energize your personal spiritual life. So there's a number of ways we can do that. So I want to give you some practical keys on what I found is a big help for stirring your spirit man up so you can begin to grow the gifts of the spirit. Uh, a key part of it, of course, is your personal devotional life. Building the life where you're in the Word of God, reading the Word of God, praying the Word of God, spending time with the Lord, worshipping Him, sharing with Him, building your spirit man, praying in times. All of this is the normal devotional life of a believer. So we need to be uh, feeding our inner life, feeding your spirit man. So you've got something to give. If you don't feed your life spiritually, there's not much to give. So. We can, we can make it a, a practice that we feed our spirits by hungering for God. Honey, God, use me today. God, today, I just wait on you. Lord, today, give me something for someone. Lord, bring someone into my life that I can minister to and share. That kind of praying, you're stretching out for God to do something. Now, uh, here's some simple things you can do in our, our environment. And this is a way of breaking it down so it's very easy to do. Number one, free up your spirit. You can't prophesy for other gifts if your spirit is all <gasps> uptight with tension. So free up your spirit, relax, laugh more, and pray in tongues. Because praying in tongues actually energizes your spirit. It, it, when you pray in tongues, the Holy Spirit is speaking through you. He's speaking language to your spirit, and your spirit is expressing. You are flowing with Him. It's a great way. Pray in tongues. stirs your spirit, man, and starts to energize you. We'll do some exercise on that a little later. Uh, second thing is, is expect faith. Expect God to speak with you. You've got to reach out expectantly. See, if I'm going to pray for someone, I'm full of doubt. Not that much happens when there's doubt. But when you come and say, God, I just expect you to give me something for this person. I'm believing that when I get myself in that place, you will give me something that I need. It sounds a little risky, but actually what faith does is it steps out trusting God. What am I trusting? That I'm good enough? No. Trusting that God is good. God loves them. God willing to help them. I'm just here available. So it's, it's a faith that God is willing to do something. Uh, third thing is, so if we stir up our spirit, reach out our faith, and then just focus your attention. One of the things that people find very difficult to do is to just to focus their attention to listen. You know, if you want to hear someone, you've got to stop and listen. There's too much distraction, you can't hear. So the key thing we saw in front of the Gibson Spirit is hearing, being able to pick up the small impressions of the Holy Spirit, and they're very small. So I've got to get the noise out of my head. Now, for some people, that's a problem because there's a lot of noise. And the noise comes from unresolved personal conflicts, spiritual, emotional conflicts. 
The noise comes from the voice of demonic spirits speaking into our mind, condemning, judging, accusing, belittling, pressuring, confusing. That's one aspect. They also come from your own beliefs in your heart. I'm no good. This is, you know, I, I'm a failure. God wouldn't work through me, or I've just blinded, or I, I'm not. You know, all of those sorts of beliefs of the heart, which are contrary to the Word of God, demonic spirits use to stir up and energize confusion and turmoil inside you. It's normal for us to be at peace and rest. Kingdom of heavens is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So turmoils inside your emotions have to do with what you believe in your heart, and that in turn is activated on by spirits to keep you in a state of turmoil so you can't be useful to God. You know that? So we need to be committed to the journey of growing, uh, growing inside and in our freedom and peace on the inside. This promise to give us peace. So one of the things I have found, there's a lot of things that can help in that, but one thing I've found, I've learned to meditate. Take the scripture and to picture it and hold it in my mind and begin to pray and just keep my imagination fixed on that picture, locking in around it. Now, I've trained my mind to stay focused. And you can do the same. When you have your mind all over the place, sometimes it can be hard to pick up the voice of the Spirit. So, quietness and peace. I don't like lots of noise in my head or around me, I like quietness. Because I found in the quietness, it's easier to pick up the voice of the Spirit of God. It's a very still, quiet voice. If you're hurried or agitated, for example, you don't have time to prayer, pray. Your mind's going all over all the things to do. You're not at rest and in a place to hear. We have to do something about that. Write it all down, get it out of your head, then relax and just be in the presence of God. So, number one, free up the Spirit. Just start praying in tongues quietly underneath the Spirit. Uh, faith, expect God to give you something. Uh, focus, begin to just give your attention to listen to the spontaneous impressions, then feel, identify what God gives you. Just try to identify the thought, word, picture He gives you, and then when you've got that, focus on it, and then step out and speak. That's how it all works. And all of the gifts of flow in the Spirit all work out the same way. They work on your spirit being alive, it focus to receive something from God, you identify what it is, and you begin to act on what God gives you. And we saw that God gives it to you in a little picture, uh, a word or a thought, or some kind of thing like that. Okay, so what we need to do now is we just stop the session now, and uh, we're going to now look at giving an activation to do. How about that? Well, that was really exciting. <laughs> Great idea you want to stretch out. There's only so much. I can teach you all the stuff, but here you've got to stretch out and do so if we don't stretch out and do, then nothing's going to happen. So I'd like to come up there. So what we'll do first of all is we'll, we'll look at the activation we did yesterday and get you going back into that again, all right? So the first thing we did, can I practice on you? Great, oh, I think she's so encouraged. She's so positive. That's really good. Okay, now just take your hand then. All right, then. So what we're going to do is just going to pray an inspired prayer. And then from that we'll move to bringing an inspired thought. I'm not going to call it a prophecy because then you'll freak out and think I've got to do something hard. Just an inspired thought. I think everyone could have an inspired thought, couldn't they? Could you have an inspired thought? Yeah. How many had one last night? God used you. Great. And there you are. Okay, we can do it again today. So what we're going to do now is I'm just going to ask the Lord to give me something that uh, I can just use as a basis for praying for you. And remember that as you do this, you just free up your spirit and relax. If I focus on trying to do something, 
What's going to happen is I'll stress out and then I'll get uptight and my spirit will shut and what I feared will happen. Nothing. You know? So just relax. Take time, just pray quietly in the spirit. Just allow your spirit to relax and just come to a place where I'm open to now extend my faith to believe God will give me something. And so immediately I did that, I did that one word just came. And I don't know what all that means, but I just got one word that started with. And I'm expecting, though, that if I will just stay there focused on that, God will help me understand what that's about, and then I'll begin to pray. And as I pray, I'll use that word or what God's shown me in that prayer, and there'll be a flow of the Spirit of God to touch you. All right. So now another word's just dropped into my mind. So how'd that happen? Just a word just dropped in spontaneously while I'm in the middle of talking. And I've learned to recognize that's most likely the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we'll just wait again. Pray and stir your spirit, relax and extend your faith, ask God to give you something. Now, you're listening to your heart, not your head. So if you listen to your head, you look and try to figure out now, what, what possible needs could she have? You know? You're trying to figure it out. So that's the language of the head. The language of the heart is spontaneous, it's a flow, it just is a thought or a picture that just comes to mind. Okay, so go back there again just to check I got it. And uh, thank you, Lord. Just thank you, Lord, you love her, and thank you, Lord, that uh, you, you really care about her. And Lord, just thank you, just give us something just to, to help her. Right then. So that same word just is sitting there, so I'll just now begin to pray. Father, I just thank you for my sister, thank you, love her. Thank you, Lord, that you are working in her life to stir up passion to reach people for Christ. I thank you there's a fire burning in her heart to win people to you. There's a fire burning in the heart for the lost and the broken. There's passion that you are igniting to, you, to bring your power to people who are broken and damaged. I thank you, Lord, you're going to help her to enlarge in her uh, spiritual capacity to minister to people. And I pray, Lord, that your mighty power would come around her life today, filling her to do that work in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come over her now. Amen. All right, now. So the word I got was passion. Now, I had no idea what that referred to. It could refer to lots of things. But what I felt as I said it, it referred to a passion for people and a great desire to reach out to people and see people saved. That'd be right. Thank <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I also felt as it, and so as I'm praying, I'm also listening to what's coming out because it's a flow from the spirit, not from my head. So my head can just be quiet and listen to what's being said. And I'm, as I'm listening, I get to know her. And as I was praying, I could feel this passion for the lost, a desire to, to be able to reach them, a desire to be able to bring the power of God to them, to touch them. And uh, that's what I could feel. Was there. And God wanting to do that through you. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Okay, well, there we go. So, praise the Lord. Give her a clap. Right, that's your turn. That's your turn. So remember, this is just a prayer. So it's very important just to ask the person, can I practice on you? And the person, give her a, a, give a very positive response. And encourage, yes, come on, do your best. Okay? That's it. Nice to be encouraged. It's good to have an environment which is easier to learn and practice in. And after that, we can go to any environment and do it. So then, take their hand, quietly pray in the Spirit. You can pray in the Spirit. 
If you can't just reach out and meditate on the Lord, asking Him to give you something. Now, that's the point. If you're going to go through turmoil, you'll be feeling the turmoil. Calm yourself. This is not a win-lose. This is not right-wrong. This is just, we try to ride the bike. Okay? And I'm behind, holding on a little bit to give you a bit of guidance to make sure you don't get too many wobbles and fall off. So what you would do when you start to feel, if you feel tension rising, you are centering your attention on performing to make something happen. It will only get worse if you keep in that frame of thinking. Just shut that thinking down and just begin to meditate. Just allow yourself to see, oh Lord Jesus, you're there, you're my friend, the source. Focus on the source, not the problem or the need. Focus on the source. And as you focus on the source, just relax before him. Just affirm, thank you, Lord, you love me. You love me, you're just so glad to work through me. So I just wait on you. Thank you, you will speak to me. That's the language you're using in your head. It's an affirming, faith kind of language. If you allow your mind to drift and go on and think of having to get something, immediately you'll disconnect from the Lord and shut down with anxiety and fear and tension. And then the more you focus on that, the harder it gets. Then you'll just try and make something up to get the heat off and think, I wonder if I can slip away at morning tea time. There's a lot. So there's, there's no way you can explore flowing with the Holy Spirit unless you do something. So these exercises are to get you doing something to explore what it feels like. And it'll feel great, and there's also some turmoil around it. That's all part of the journey of working with the Holy Spirit. The turmoils are inner and outer conflicts. The joy is when the Spirit of God flows through you. And you see the person, you open your eyes up to what you thought was just you, and there's tears coming down, and God has touched them, and you thought it was just you. Remember, it will be your thoughts and your head, and it'll be your voice. It'll feel just like you, because it's God working through you to help you. So you wait for a picture, thought, prep, and then just turn it into a prayer. Start generally, and then pray. Let's do it. We could do that. And then we'll graduate, and we'll do something just another level up after you've done that. Okay? Now, last night, everyone did it, okay? So come on, you can do this. You know you can do it. Find someone, break into a pair, and then stand up wherever you'd like to, and let's do it.
receive what you've got, you can turn into a prayer. Take a little further. 
So the first thing is we should just, why don't we just give a clap, everyone did so well, that's what we're you were quite uh, touched by what happened, because when someone speaks an inspired thought from God, there is a flow of anointing, a flow of the person of the Holy Spirit, and it just touches your heart. And for some people, they feel inspired, some people feel weak because they feel God is near me. This one is so powerful. Now, what we did was we made it a prayer, because a lot of people, majority of people, the second I pray for you, will say yes. <coughs> And if you would just stop for a moment and listen quietly, God will give you what to pray for, and it can deeply touch their heart. I remember I was out and saw two old ladies by a, by a, a garden, and I stopped, and I thought, I felt to go over to them. I said, I just got helping with the garden. And then I, I said, oh, Pastor, can I pray with you? And I said, yeah, that's fine. So I put my arm on both his shoulder, and I thought, God, you've got to show me what to pray. And then I got an idea, and I began to pray. When I opened my eyes, one of the ladies just weeping. The other lady moved away. Well, that's fine. You know, just what is it? What is God doing? God's not working on. Who's working on this lady? I said, tell me what the trouble. What's happening? And I just asked her to talk about what's happening. She said, oh, my husband died only two weeks ago. And so uh, we're up to talk. I got her to talk about her husband. Then I was up to lead her to the Lord. And so just the prophetic prayer opened the door when loving care was expressed for her to come to Christ. She just was at point. And the prayer opened her heart and brought God into her life. And then she opened up her life and had the Christ. So there it is. How about that? Just a simple thing. Just to watch you go and help these ladies. And that's how the gifts flow. Very, very easily, very natural. Right then. Now, what we're going to do is we move from prophetic, from an inspired prayer. We're going to go to an inspired thought. An inspired thought. And we're not calling it a prophecy, because otherwise you think it's too hard. I can't promise. Okay, so we'll just call it an inspired thought. And so what we're going to do is we're going to follow exactly the same kind of format. Ask the person to come up. Can I practice on you? Yes, do your best. Then you just pray in times quietly. Wait, expecting God to give you. And look for something, just a thought from God for that person. Now, we're not going to foretell the future or anything like that. We're not going to do no big prophecy or anything like that. It's just something that God gave to you. Just an inspired thought that would do these things, encourage them, uh, exhort them or stir them. Uh, or comfort the person, okay? So I'll need a volunteer for that again. I'll have to stretch out and do it for you. Then you see what it looks like, okay? So can we, I need someone. So who do I get? Someone over here. Uh, one of these ladies over here. Okay. So you're pointing to someone. You're pointing to someone. Why don't you come on up there? Come on, that's right. Never point to anyone else. Okay, so listen, can I practice on you? Wonderful, that's great. Okay, so we're all ready to go. Does that you have? Okay, so uh, it's not necessary to do this, but it can create a, uh, a sense of connection. So it can be quite a positive thing to do this. It's helpful if you ask the person's permission. It just respects them, and some may not want you to do that. So it's helpful to show respect for a person when you minister to them by not trying to do something they don't want you to do. Okay, so I've in meetings had a word for someone, but they didn't want to come up. So I said, do you mind if I come to you? I went down and then didn't touch them, just shared what I felt God giving them. So it didn't highlight or make it too embarrassing. But respect people's dignity. Right, so just begin the prime times, pulled up like Mr. So I'm just reaching out. I'm just reaching in my spirit, focusing my attention for God to give me a thought. Now, it's up to him what kind of thought he gives. 
um, one of the things that we could start, since all of you are Christians, one place that you can start practicing in this is looking for a thought from the Bible. Just a story from the Bible, a person from the Bible, uh, some uh, a, a thing that happened in the Bible. Is it Old Testament or New? Well, just reach out. Now, if you've read your Bible, God's able to drop many things into your heart. So what I'll look for is a person or a situation in the Bible, and then I'll say, well, in what way does that relate to her? In what way is that? What aspect of that do you want me to bring out? Okay? So we'll just see what happens. So, of course, you know, there's that initial tense thing. Oh, God, I haven't quite everything. What do I do? No, so you've got to overcome all of that. Push all of that side to side. Okay? Remember, that's normal. So just stay relaxed. Just breathe gently and relax. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, that you love her. You know all about her. I thank you, Lord, you have something to inspire and to encourage you with. Something, Lord, that you just want to speak into your life. Thank you, Lord. Now, immediately, I saw, or came to mind, a story in the Bible. So, I need to now just focus on that story. I just saw a picture, and I saw a picture of two men, and Jesus with them, and they're on the road to Emmaus. I knew exactly it was the story of the two on the road to Emmaus. That's all I got. A, a path, first two people, and then, and then uh, and, and, and Jesus with them. And I knew immediately it's the road to Emmaus. Now, what possible way, how could I share that with her? So I could just share it like I've done that. But I want to now minister. So, so this is what I will do now. Just, I will get just close my eyes, just go back, just become aware of God again, become aware of that story. And what aspect of that story? So I just look at the story, and then I can see it. So now I'll just begin to share. Okay. So while I was praying with you, I sensed. I'm not saying, God. I just felt while I was praying this is what I felt I saw the picture of the disciples on the road to Emmaus and Jesus was with them but they were unaware he was with them they were so caught up in their own issues and their own disappointments and their own struggles and problems and he was right there alongside them walking with them and they didn't even realize that their eyes were closed to him being with them and this is like you and your journey at this point that uh, you, you, it's just like you're so caught up in the things that are happening in your own mind that you're not realizing God is with you. He's been walking with you quite a long way. He's with you. He cares about you. And his plan when he talked with those disciples was to turn them around and get them filled with vision and direction and fresh passion. And so he walked with them. He let them share their heart, their struggles and their pains. He fellowship with them. And then he began to put faith into their heart again. He began to put vision into their heart and they realized it was him, and they were restored and went back into their whole uh, faith journey again. And so what I see is God's doing this in your life. You've been walking with the Lord, but you haven't felt him. You're caught up in the things that are going on in your life and can't see that he's with you and loves you, but he's with you, and he's wanting to help you engage your heart like you got them to engage their heart. He was quite happy for them to share their disappointments. And, and as they did that, he then put faith in the Lord. That's what God's doing in your life right now. And the journey was an uncomfortable one for them because all they could see was the disappointment. But they ended up seeing him and being passionate. And that's what's happening in your life. You're on that phase of the journey of life. But there's a great end in that story. <laughs> there we go. Now, how did that go? Is that, 
that sound like you? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. And I can see the tears in your eyes as well. It just was so, it just fitted you like a glove. Yeah. Perfect. <coughs> so there we go. Thank you very much for being part of it. So it helps if you've read the Bible and know some of the Bible. You've got something to draw from. So if you haven't, then you'll have to find another thing. So we'll give you the, we'll try it another way uh, a little later in the day. But why don't we just try this and just see if God will give me something. Just something, a person. If it's a person, what is there about that person? Is it an event? What is there about that event? That's all you've got to ask. I mean, we're just here to hear and then to pass on what we saw or felt or sense. Now, it doesn't need to be as, uh, as, as substantial as what I had. It must be quite simple. Okay, you all okay? Have a go? Yeah. All right, have a go? It'll be fun. Remember, you just relax. Lord, where is it? The Old Testament, New Testament is a person who? What person? And name come to mind, or what event comes to mind? Let it come to your mind, and then focus on it. Oh God, what is it about that you want me to bring? This is a great place for Christians to start because you can work with another Christian. They've probably read the Bible, know a little bit about it. But but you find the Bible is full of events and people and situations that would be really helpful. It's a good place to start. Okay, let's get someone breaking the beers, and let's can uh, I practice on you? Okay, let's just get you feedback. How many people today were really blessed by what was shared? You felt touched by God. How many were really blessed? Okay, that's very good. And give me a clap there. How many of you felt, as the person shared with you, wow, how did they know that? Wow, that's great. Look at that. Wonderful. Okay, then. So it surprised you that they would know that or be that relevant to you. That's because it's come from the Holy Spirit. Okay, then. How many of you were quite touched by the Lord with what we shared? Actually touched you, you felt affected by it. That's wonderful. Look, it's the majority of people. Wonderful. So that means all of us are, are picking up the flow of the Spirit and speaking in a way that's encouraging or exhorting or comforting. And it was just an inspired thought, by the way, wasn't it? And uh, how many of you... Uh, experienced a block or a struggle at that crucial point where you're reaching out to God. How many felt struggles then? Okay, that's separate there. Right. Was there anyone unable to overcome that struggle? It was just overwhelming. Okay. So you all able to overcome it. So it's interesting. So there's a point of faith conflict where you're stretching out for God to give you something and all kinds of turmoil start to go on around you and that's quite normal. But if you will stay focused and committed, you can break through all of that. So it's just great. I want to commend you there for pushing through. Let's give them a clap. The ones that push through. So you had an inspired thought, and that's how God works with us with prophecy. We just get an inspired thought or picture. And how many got a picture of a? It was a person, a story about a person in the Bible. Okay. How many it was an event, something that happened in the Bible. Some got that. It's usually, most people get a person. It's quite easy because you've read the Bible, read the person. How many of you, when you started to focus on that person, there was one aspect stood out to you about them, that was the bit you knew you had to talk about? How many had that happen? That's, that's wonderful. Now you see, what happened in the process is you just reached out expecting, God gave you something, and as you inquired, you got more. And that's how the prophetic goes. Have you ever seen a, a, a newsletter on t- a news reader on TV, 
they only have a couple of lines that they're reading. And as they read the second line, it changes, and then there's another line. There's another line drops in. And that's how it works prophetically. So the newsreader has only got two lines at a time, but if he will read them, then more will come. If you have a tissue box, and you don't know how many tissues are in there, but if you take one out, you think, if I take that one out, that's it. But no, lo and behold, there's another one turns up. And you take that, whoa, there's another one. And, and so it goes on, you keep on it. So prophetic, the prophetic flows like that. If you will take the first two lines and read them, then God will give you some more. If you stay looking, if you pull the tissue out, another tissue is there if you'll stay looking. So if you stay focused, looking and expecting, it begins to flow like a river from inside you. And it just all these thoughts one after the other. Okay? Now, how many of you found that you were listening to what you were saying? It was kind of like, funny deal. I'm like, I'm, I know I'm talking, but I'm actually listening to what I'm saying as well. How many had that happen to you? It's quite interesting. How many of you found that uh, you were quite interested to hear what God had to say to the person? <laughs> That's awesome. Wonderful. Okay. Alright then, uh, Pastor Sergeant, we got a morning tea break with some time around about now, is it? Yep. Okay. Right, I wonder if we could just fit one more of those in just before we go for a break. Okay? Just if I keep squeezing it in. Right then, so I mean, I'll get one more volunteer, just one more that will come up. No one's pointing at you, my face coming up, there you go. After a while you learn it's quite a good move for volunteer. <laughs> okay, I'm trying again. This time I won't look for a Bible passage, just look for something else. And just let God speak in any way He wants to. So can I practice on you? Hey, great opportunity to practice. This is fantastic. Of course, every day is a chance to practice. Okay, now just take your hand. Thank you, Lord. Now just, again, broken down into steps. In reality, you've just got to just float into that quite quickly. But uh, we'll just break it into steps. So the first part is just energizing the spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And again, just worship the Lord and set your mind and heart on Him. And so I begin to set your attention on Him. I focus on myself. I shut down. Focus on Him. I shut down. I focus on the source. I'm connecting to what I need. So thank you, Lord, that you know Him and you care about it. Father, I'm just asking that you would give something that would be an encouragement and, and a blessing. Thank you, Lord. All right, and now I just got something just dropped in like that. Okay, now I've got to focus on it, and then I'll have to at some point begin to start to share it. <clears throat> okay, thank you, Lord. So go back there. If the thoughts come from the Lord, the moment you just drop back into focusing on the Lord or into the Spirit again, what will happen is you'll start to pick it up again. So you don't have to worry about trying to remember it all. If God gave you lots, you get to the end of it and say, how did that start again? So he only gives you a couple of lines or a little bit of a picture. Okay, so here we go. We'll get it. So now, this is what I sensed as I was just reaching out to the Lord for you. I saw a picture of a man running a race. And the way he's running, this is like a sprint. And I could see him run, and he would run, and then he'd lose breath and stop for a little while, and then he would run again, and lose breath and stop for a little while, because he's running the race like a sprint. And I felt the, the impression I had was that the race you're running is a marathon, not a sprint. And the temptation or the, the tendency that you seem to have is that you'll run at things for a while and then you lose energy and motivation and then to take a break. 
and then a new thing will inspire you. You'll run at that for a little while, and then you run out of steam, and then you'll run at the next thing again, and the Lord wants you to know it's a marathon, and you need to learn how to pace and just keep a steady journey progressing through this walk with Him. And uh, it's, it's more about the marathon, setting the long term in sight and starting to work your way and to steadily move towards it rather than short bursts of energy followed by sort of quietness and not doing anything. So, how does that relate to you? Yeah, yeah. Wow. My personal experience in both aspects of running. Yeah. Oh, so you've done both. You've done a marathon and you've done the sprinting. Oh wow, so this is a really good picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought you've done both of those. <laughs> and so you'd understand with the sprint, you've got to put in high energy, but if you run out of puff. Yeah, yeah. In the marathon, you've got to plan, you've got to take, you've got to strategize. And that's what God's saying about your life, your work with Him. How about that? Awesome! So would you like to have another go? Come on, before you go to the break, you can just do it in the morning tea, alright? So find someone, can I practice on you? Let's go.